This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast, where hunters new and old come to learn and find inspiration from stories of hunts gone by. Everyone is welcome to enjoy the outdoor way of life, and there is no better time to start than right now. So let's head into the great outdoors with your host, Dylan Ray. All right, guys, thank you for joining us on Bear Archery's Hunting 101. I am joined by Dave Thomas from Bow Hunter Planet. Dave, how are you, man? Good. How are you? Man, it is frigid cold here in Kansas. Um, I think it was like 21 degrees this morning, so I am sitting by the fire in the man cave and uh, just going to enjoy talking hunting with you. Yeah, oh, for sure, for sure. It's always good. Now, it was uh, cold here in Michigan, too, today, so yeah, I hear you. Your your cold weather probably moved in a, a bit bit sooner than ours did. Yeah, usually it does, but it's it wasn't too bad. But I mean, I guess I haven't really been outside very often lately because I haven't really had to. I haven't really hunted in a couple weeks, so um, plans to get back out in the next couple weeks here. But uh, more well, more for busy, my You're too busy, man. <laughs> you're too busy. True that. <laughs> well, before we dive in, man, give us a quick introduction to yourself, um, Bow Hunter Planet. How the idea of Bow Hunter Planet you know, birthed and what all you guys do there. And, uh, I mean, basically if you don't know who bow hunter planet is, you've been living under a rock, but, uh, man, just give us a quick introduction to yourself. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, so boner planet was founded by myself, um, and, uh, Tim Mazzarana back in 2009. And it kind of started from just the idea of creating a forum for our friends to like kind of post their, you know, um, experiences too. So we wouldn't forget them. It was kind of basically started with that. And then it kind of dwarfed into, uh, like a, what we call Tesla, which is us reviewing products online at the time in 2009, when I looked at what was on YouTube and other, um, online forums of video content, it was real weak. And there was only a couple of reviewers that were doing reviews and they're doing it from their their backyards. And some of them had like kids toys in there. And I just thought, man, if I, if I could just make this look a little more professional. It could be a good time. We could, you know, start to learn something. So we decided to bring in two more, um, um, investors or what you want to call it. And, and two other owners, I should say that, you know, bought in. And then we brought in Jamie, no boom. And then we brought in uh, Kevin Conlon, who's actually my father-in-law. So, um, 
by that time, then as we hit like 2014, a couple years later, we had already started doing reviews in my garage. And then we moved that to a studio, which we had built um, with the help of them guys um, to make it more of a serious production. And we reinvested every penny into the gear. Um, so the good news is we always had day jobs. We never had to have the, any money. So we were able to reinvest a lot of money into the business and turn it into what you see today when you watch Boner Planet Test Lab, um, the podcast, or any of our stuff that we've done. We've been able to put back into the quality. I think that's always been the biggest issue. Um, you, in these last few years, we've seen a, a huge trend upward, on obviously, online and podcasts and all this stuff with video content and quality of video content. You're seeing people using red cameras in the field now. Um, so the, the, the whole, everybody's getting is my point and saying, Hey, you know, you know, we need to have better cameras. We have to have better stuff. You know, you got to invest in something you love and you got to do it. And that, that's how we always looked at it was like, look, we love doing this. We love testing bows. We love testing products, but we're never going to get anywhere. If, if, if any company like Bear Archie looks at us and says, ah, they're too small, you know, we always wanted to have that look, that polished look of, uh, of a good production and solid audio, solid quality video and editing and things of that nature. So that was a big part of it. But to be honest, it was fun. Like I actually, I learned so much in video editing and audio production. And uh, so over the years, I've gotten better and better at it. And I've recognized what I can do and what I cannot do. And that's obviously helped, you know, take it a lot, a lot further as we go. Right. Well, man... From the bottom of my heart, let me just tell you, um, I, I appreciate what you guys do. Um, I've watched you guys now for a while. Uh, I love watching new bow reviews. Um, I, I just enjoy watching you guys. So so uh, keep doing what you're doing, man, because that kind of content is absolutely needed. Um, I, I, I just love how you guys give unbiased uh, reviews of everything. So, uh, Again, just keep doing what you're doing, man. Uh, before we dive in, I do want to give a quick thank you to our friends over at Nexus Outdoors. Um, of course, you guys are familiar with those guys and my love of Scent Lock and, and Oz by Scent Lock and, and Scent Blocker. Um, I, I I told you it was frigid cold this morning, um, and, and I know I talked about this on, a, on another podcast, but, but earlier in the season, it was 16 degrees uh, here in Kansas, and I had on the Fortress bib and jacket from uh, Scent Lock. And I actually hunted the entire time with my jacket unzipped. Uh, that's how incredibly um, warm that thing kept me. Now, I wasn't a ground blind. Uh, if I was in a tree stand where the wind was hitting me and the snow was hitting me, wouldn't have been able to do that. But I am just an absolute huge fan of Scentlock and, and, and the Oz products by Scentlock. So make sure and go check out all of those brands that Nexus has to offer. Um, you're, a, you're, a, you're a coffee drinker, aren't you, Dave? Huge coffee drinker. <laughs> I, I uh I've caught that from your from your shows, man. And uh I, I just want to encourage you. I, I just recently stumbled upon a coffee brand uh by the name of Backwoods Grind. Have you ever tried it? No, no. I am currently sipping on a delicious pour over from Backwoods Grind. Um so you gotta try them out, man. I know I know uh if you're a coffee connoisseur, you'll love it. Um I, I just like finer coffees, so uh, give them a shot, man. They don't they don't sponsor the show or anything, but uh, but just fantastic coffee. So so give them a, a, a try and let me know what you think. But uh, well, For here's sure. what I wanted to do. I just wanted to kind of have a season recap with you. I know you told me that you didn't have you haven't you haven't got to get in the field uh, in the last couple of weeks, but uh, but I know um, I know you've still still been out and still uh, hunted some and. 
I, I want to start by saying thank you to all my listeners because I was so incredibly in, encouraged. Uh, when Bear posted, I harvested a buck. Um, I guess it would have been a week ago today. Um, and, and when Bear posted that picture, there were so many comments of people saying, uh, can't wait to hear about it on next week's show. And I, that made me excited, man. Uh, I, I mean, I, I'm sure you get comments like that all the time. But uh, but that made me excited, man, to, to hear that people were intrigued enough of the show to to uh, be excited about hearing uh, the story. Um, and so I will I'll, I'll go ahead and share that story with you um, of the buck I harvested last week. So I got a new property. Uh, I got access to a new property and quickly found two shooters on the property um, that that. I've been watching now for two years. I had one of the craziest ruts I think I've ever had. Um, just deer everywhere. I was calling my friends afterwards, you know, and they would say, you know, what'd you see tonight? Well, we saw this. And I was telling them every night, you know, I saw 30 deer, 30 plus deer um, running through the field, running by me, just going nuts. And uh, I actually sh- saw in daylight on hoof, both of my shooters in one week. Um, wow. The first time, uh, my number one primary shooter uh, came into 50 yards, and I needed him to take two more steps uh, from behind a tree, and he was – I drew back like three different times, um, and he never would take that step. And so uh, he got on a hot doe and ran off. And then uh, two days later, my number two shooter buck came in and was on a beeline straight to me. I mean, he was coming straight to me. I got my bow down, uh, got ready. He got to 82 yards and a hot doe walked by him and he got distracted and, and went with her. So encounters with both of my shooters and the, and the number one shooter is, is a 160 plus deer. Um, wow. So to have that kind of activity in a week was just insane. Monday morning rolls around um, and I had an encounter with my number two shooter again. So I had two encounters with him in a week. And I had to leave Tuesday to go to Arkansas for the holidays. That's where all my folks, that's where my folks and all my family's from. So I had to leave Tuesday and I really wanted to get it done before I left because there's just a feeling of going back home and all your friends and family like, oh, let me see the pictures, you know, tell me the story. There's just that feeling. So I really wanted <laughs> to get it done Tuesday night. And uh, and sure enough, I get in the tree, she had 20 mile an hour winds. Uh, I'm getting motion sickness up in the tree. The tree's blowing so much. And... I had a, a deer that that I had never seen before that I remember, um, but he has to be of the same genetic line as my number one shooter. Very, very, very similar, um, just a lot smaller. Uh, I, I would put him at a hundred. I haven't measured him yet. I'm not. You'll learn that about me. I'm not huge on measuring. Um, sorry, Pope and Young, but um, I'm not huge on measuring. Uh, which I will submit the deer uh, to Pope and Young, but he's probably 125 inches. Beautiful deer, real wide, uh, awesome deer. Come to twenty five yards, perfect broadside, and uh, after a long season, it was absolutely uh, a sense of relief to punch that tag. So, now I do want to have you tested the. Do you do any broadhead testing? Lots of broadhead testing. Too have much. you tested? <laughs> have you tested the SK two? Yes, yes, sir. Okay. What before I tell you my my because this was the first deer I had harvested with that broadhead. What's your thoughts on that broadhead? Love that broadhead. I mean, the channel situation with those broadheads with all the sick broadheads is is really a force to be reckoned with. In fact, actually, 
I we've tested it not like on a deer, but we've tested like in our studio. We test on ballistics gel. Uh, and actually, I just had a conversation with uh, the team over at Bear about um, hunting with it the rest of the year, which I'm going to do. And I started. I'm waiting for them to come. More of them because we used up the ones we had on testing. But so my goal is to hit a deer with it. I don't know this how it's going to react with the deer. I'm sure it's going to be amazing from what I've seen from ballistics. But I'm excited to hear your story here. So I'm not a mechanical guy. Um, I, I, for the longest time I've shot fixed, but when I saw, when I saw this SK two, I just thought I've got to shoot it. Um, I, I, I have to shoot this broad in. And so Monday was the first buck I had harvested my first deer I'd harvested with SK two. And I did hit a little forward, hit him in the shoulder. Um, and that SK two blew through the front shoulder. Um, I saw the hole as the deer was running off and I just thought, dude, that's a dead deer walking right there. Um, because he kind of wrapped, he kind of wrapped back around the tree. And, and, uh, so I just saw a gaping hole in his shoulder and I'm like, man, the SK two punched through the shoulder. The deer went 80 yards and, uh, this is a 220 pound Kansas deer. Um, so a, a big, big bodied buck, uh, 220 pounds, fully rutted up. I mean, just massive. Um, I find the deer 80 yards away and the SK two busted through not only the front shoulder, but it busted through the back shoulder as well. Um, so, so a mechanical broadhead, uh, that busted through two shoulder blades. Um, just, I was blown stinking away by the performance of that broadhead, man. I'm not necessarily surprised on that because of the head of it. The head of it has those, um, dips almost where it's like, it's got flat, uh, sharp edges. So when it hits anything, the odds are it's going to splinter it and split it and go right through it. So, yeah, it makes sense to me. And Man, I'm just – I could not be more excited of the performance of that broadhead. And, uh, you know, I mean, again, I, I know – and this is why I'm thankful for guys like you because they are unbiased opinions that you give. And so I know people say, well, you work for them. You got to say that stuff. But, listen, I would – I don't care if I work for him or not. If I didn't trust their broadhead, I wouldn't shoot it. Um, <laughs> That's true and, fact. <laughs> and if I, and if I didn't sh- and if I didn't trust their broadhead, if I didn't trust the mechanical broadhead, I would shoot one of their fixed blade broadheads. But I am one hundred percent a believer in their broadhead, especially now after I saw the way it performed. Uh, because, man, you cannot beat a double shoulder punch, eighty yard run, dead two hundred twenty pound, big rutted McCann Kansas white tail with a mechanical i mean just i was blown away man yeah sk the sk2 is awesome um i'm actually the one i was actually thinking in my mind uh that i'm gonna hunt with the rest of the year was the f3 um the f3 it, we had this conversation because of the um the the broadhead i used to kill my deer this year was not obviously a sick broadhead it was a different brand and so me and bear had the conversation about the differences between that head i used and this head here and i said well let's test this one in the field i'll shoot this next or whatever uh comes out a doe of another buck whatever because i still have one more tag so um that's the so my goal now is to test the fix to the fix for mechanical um your story i've heard other stories in the same scenario of the sk2 you know doing a really good job in the field so i never doubted the mechanical side of it um but i want to test the fixed blade in the field i'm really excited about it now the f3 um and i did a video on this a while back um you can probably find it on bear's youtube page the f3 is my favorite um fixed blade for the year as well. Uh, and that was that the video, you know, some States don't allow mechanicals. 
And so uh, for the SK, the SK2 is what I'll be shooting in any state that allows mechanicals. The F3 uh, is what I'll be shooting in states that do not al- allow mechanicals like Idaho. Uh, I took the F3 on an Idaho bear hunt. And so uh, I fully trust those broadheads. They fly great for me. Um, fly fantastic out of my bow. So uh, I don't think you'll have a problem with those either. Yeah, very exciting. In fact, I, the good news is the F3s, you can do the F3 or you can do the F3CB, which is for crossbow. So now I get like this unlimited option here deciding out which one i want to use you know like i can prepare right. i can prepare myself with a compound but if things are crappy out and snow is falling i can decide to go with a crossbow and still have a chance uh, with the same head basically to make a you know make a great shot so very exciting so for somebody who has tested all of the bows um tell me your thoughts about um what what is your favorite bear bow for the year uh you know without without a doubt i mean first off they they did such a great job and i want to say that people don't realize what bear has put together in their lineup in my opinion they have gone above and beyond what um any of the companies have done i mean they have put together such a wide variety for the consumer that you know there is always something from bear for you and that's what i love about bear as a brand is you know from traditional to children to women to uh, adults to adults with a long draw adults with a short draw they have really put together and price points they have the prices all the way through that whole range of costs so if you're someone who wants to spend a ton of money they have something for you if you're somebody who wants to spend as least as possible and still get in the field they have something for you but this all goes back to Fred Bear himself, and that's what I love about what they're doing with this, is that they are trying to get more people in the field. They are having prices that people love. You know, that they, I mean, it's hard because, you know, the prices keep going up in the industry, but Bear has done a great job of not letting that happen on their brand, and I really respect that from them. Uh, Redemption, for sure, for me, I think they did a, an amazing job um, putting that bow together. It's a very exciting bow, and I think that, uh, with the cutouts, when you see that bow in person, it's really hard to justify it in a video sometimes. And I try to explain it in videos because it, it's just such an overwhelming um, cutout on that bow that that riser is really one of the most incredible risers uh, today that I've seen. Yeah, it's I mean, you know, some bows have a cage, um, but it's almost as though the the entire riser on the Redemption is a cage. I agree. The way they intertwined, interweaved in between, it's just incredible. It's that type of CNC machining is not easy to do. And what they've done with that is literally really, really incredible. And then match it up with the cam. I mean, it's a very smooth system, very good system, very solid. And the finishes, I mean, they got some cool colors, including the original Fred Bear camo, which, I mean, that's the one they sent to us and it looks incredible. Um, obviously the real tree, then they got some veil in there and, and then the solid colors, which for bear, those solid colors have done very well over the years. I mean, when they started introducing that, like those colors a few years ago, I think they had like a sand and some other ones, they've always done very well. And people really like the colors. Yeah, man. I, I, I got the olive color. Um, absolutely. The word I'm going to use is sexy. I mean, just yep. a good looking stinking bow, man. This bow comparatively to the status is leaps and bounds better. And I don't even know how dead in the hand, super quiet. Uh, it's gotta be, uh, you know, I don't have a, uh, what do you call those machines that tell you the noise level? I don't have one of those. That's small leader. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, now look, I showed my, my redneck 
my redneck uh, <laughs> learning there. But it's got to be. I mean, it, it's it's so much quieter than the status. Um, smoother draw, better back wall. Um, I, I I'm just blown away by this bow. Um, now I I do want to to give an update. I switched back to a whisker biscuit this year after nine years of, of a drop away. And uh, this was kind of a big deal for me. Um, I, I'm in the process, Dave, and I don't know if you've ever went through this. I'm in the process of trying to, to simplify everything I do um, and to just kind of dumb down everything I do so I can get back to just the pure joy and love of archery. Because, man, I, I overcomplicate things so much. I, You know, from 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 rest to sights to stabilize. I mean, I overcomplicate and overthink everything way too much. So I went back to a whisker biscuit. One shot out of the box, and I had a bullet hole through paper. Myself and everybody at the bow <laughs> shop was blown away, um, mainly because everybody in the bow shop was like, dude, you're shooting a four-fletched out of a whisker biscuit. It's not going to work. And I was like, well, hey, listen, my friend John, who is the president of Bear Archery, told me it will work, so you shut up. And... uh <laughs> So they shot it through paper and they're all like, oh crap, a bullet hole. Um, it worked. And we didn't have to tune it at all. This is fresh out of the box. And I was like, yeah, my friend John's better than you are. Shut up. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> but bullet hole right out of the box. I go home and I was really worried about a whisker biscuit from longer distances. Um, so I'm shooting the React Trio from Trophy Ridge. So I sighted in 40 and I jumped out to 60. And uh, within 20 minutes, my bow was sighted, out, sighted in out to 60 yards uh, with a whisker biscuit. Two days later, I go and shoot a buck. And uh, obviously, the bow was tuned perfectly to both blow through two shoulders. So just blown away by the whisker biscuit. I wish I would have went back eight years ago. I mean, just uh, <laughs> simple, man. I mean, simple. And I love it. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to give an update on that because uh, we had talked a few episodes about me switching back to a whisker biscuit. And... Uh, so I did make the switch back. It worked perfectly. I am a hundred percent pleased. And uh yeah, that's that's all there is to the whisker biscuit story. What do do you shoot a whisker biscuit? I do. Whisker biscuit's my favorite rust. I you know, we use it on test lab exclusively. It's it's a rest that um, you know, I I told Trophy Ridge, you guys need to step into the spot for our rest because I don't want any other rest. It's the easiest thing go. for me to set up. Literally every time we do a video, I can put a whisker on quick. It doesn't take much speed off of, of the uh, feet per second when we're testing. I mean, we might lose maybe two feet from a little bit of the rubbing, but I mean, literally, it's nothing much. And, you know, to be honest, what people don't know, and, and you know, most people just assume that we use the best of the best when we go in the field because we're sent all the best of the best, which is normal, which, you know, hey, some of the guys are all about that. But for me, it's always been the cheapest rest, cheapest site I can find. It's nothing new with the money. It's literally the, I like the simplicity of it. And I, I, you know, that rest I can put on by myself. I don't need a pro shop. I don't need anybody to help me. I can get it dialed in. I can, I can adjust it however I need. I keep one and I'm working on a video right now for everybody. It's called the toolkit video. Uh, it'll be on boner plant soon. And it's going to be about, uh, having a basically a fishing box in the field that has like an extra whisker biscuit in it, a, a small trophy ridge site in it. That's a cheapie. These are all cheapy parts that you should have access to in case something breaks in the field. And that's You're one thing that right. you always forget these things. And I didn't have it this year. And we had one, a guy went out and, and his, he broke his, um, his sight because when he came down the, uh, he had the pull rope, he actually slipped 
and he dropped his bow and it, instead of hit the ground, it, the sight hit a limb and cracked it off. And then, you know, at that point he didn't have one, but Hey, how stupid, right? We could have had a little cheapy one in this box with a couple, some D loop material, uh, an extra one of these trophy Ridge peep sites that don't need to be tied in. I mean, there's some stuff you can do now that you couldn't do before. That's simple. And, um, these are things that people need to, to remember and people get a little bit, you know, carried away with these whole dropaways and all this. And don't get me wrong. Dropaway rests are amazing. They've done a great job, but they take a little more sophistication if you need to replace it in the field. And you, you know, you have to do a little bit more. You have to know what you're doing. It's not as simple as throwing a rest on, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you're shooting again with it. I can put, I can, I've set up, I have set up numerous times, bows the night before a hunt i had to hunt with a different bow brand one time years back and they're not even in business anymore and i actually set the bow up the night before with the whisker biscuit went out and shot a deer the next day so my yeah. point with the whisker is it is the most simple cheap you know it doesn't have to be cheap they have a little better ones and all that but really it is one of the cheapest methods in my opinion to arrest and literally one of the best ever made uh for the archers yeah well, and just like you said, man, it's the only rest. Uh, and my friend Chris Parrish said that, you know, from from Bear. Uh, he said, you know, that's the only rest that I can have two of, um, both perfectly tuned and timed and set up with my bow and, and ready to go. And, and I can have an extra one in my pack. And, and I don't have to worry about tying in a, a drop away. I don't have to worry about the, the, the timing of a drop away. If something happens to my rest out in the field, I can literally bolt that on and I know it's shooting bullet holes. Yep. Um, Simple. And yeah, you're absolutely right. That is one of the one of the greatest parts of a whisker biscuit. Now, I mentioned my four fletch on my arrows. And before we move on, I do want to give a quick shout out to some of our amazing friends over at Bonning. Um, I just just recently built a new uh, fletch table, arrow building table. And uh, it it's amazing that one company sells everything I need for all of my arrows, from building them um, to tuning them to fletching them. I mean bonding archery is absolutely amazing and not only that but they have some awesome bear archery branded uh wraps and veins so go check out bonding for all of your arrow building needs um most of you are familiar with the blazer vein um but they have tons of veins for all sorts of different things indoor outdoor uh four-fletched they have some incredible veins so go check out bonding um now dave tell me a little bit about your season thus far man any anything exciting? Any lessons learned? Any failures? What, what's happened this year so far? Ugh, COVID been a horrible year in a weird way. Uh, started off with a cancel turkey season, which was not great. That was back in obviously April, and then moved to uh, kids weekend, and we actually did get out for kids weekend with uh, three of the owners and three of our sons. So that was cool, but unfortunately, um, the deer my son was about to shoot his first it would have been his first well he technically got a button buck once before but this would have been his first like real buck um and it, as soon as he fired the deer like turned into it and it hit it in the weirdest of spots like in the in the chest area never found that deer so that was kind of a huge letdown and then um and then from that point on you know we we went back, I think it was like three different weekends. We had one where we have a Team BHP weekend where like one of our Team BHP members can come up and um, hunt with us. So that was fun. We did that. No, we see nothing. It was crazy. Actually, I saw one deer. I, I shot at a deer earlier in the year. I hit it. It was so it was so close to me that I didn't realize how steep of an angle it was. And I feel like this is another video I need to work on with some good hunters and good shooters is, is angle placement because angles, you know, people don't 
take that into consideration. This deer was six yards from me and I'm 20 feet up and, you know, I shot, I hit it behind the shoulder, but really when I hit it, it actually hit it, you know, so high that it hit the top of the rib cage and then it, it went down and to the right. So if it was facing away from me, it basically didn't kill the deer. And if it did kill it, I never would have found it. We tracked it for like five miles. I mean, it was crazy. Uh, very big disappointment there. And that was like, dude, you know, and so now I'm like, we have to, I want a video for people to understand these angles completely, you know, from two yard shot to 10 yard, let's take an actual look at an actual angle, you know, and measure it. And, and uh, so people can understand where it's coming through. Cause that threw me for a huge loop. Um, anyway, so that fast forward, then we, we hunt another two weeks after that. We, when I say weeks, we hunt like Thursday through Sunday type stuff. Um, we get to this past one, which was right in the gun season here in Michigan. And, uh, we, we had planned to be there a week and a half. So we all took some vacation and everybody had a lot of built up vacation because of COVID stuff. And so we get there on a Wednesday, I think Thursday morning, I'm sitting in my spot and this is on YouTube. We've actually, I actually created this video. Now, when you made the comment of be, trying to simplify your hunting rigs and simplify your hunting I've actually done the same thing for my video of hunting. So from now on, I only use a GoPro. So the quality is not like the best, but like it just, it's just easier to me. And I started looking back and saying, you know, BHP is amazing. I still want to capture my memories and all that in the field, but I, I'm not like, you know, Heartland bow hunter. You know what I mean? Like I'm not using a red in the can in the, I don't have a camera guy. I don't have, I'm never going to compete versus that. So there's no need to like get crazy here and start filming with DSLRs. I used to do that, but it's just so complicated, you know? Um, so I decided just to mount a GoPro, a good GoPro on my, my uh, bow and go from there. Um, so in the morning hunt, this nice buck comes across the field about 500 yards. Um, and it was on, it was definitely its nose down. I was checking scrapes across the uh, huge, vast area, but it runs right over to me. It was crazy. But what happens is it goes to my right and it goes to my other stand. So I'm in stand one, it goes to stand two. And I couldn't believe it. It's like a 60 yard difference. So I was really disappointed. I'm like, man, I'm in the wrong stand this morning. I can't believe it. And then fast forward to the afternoon hunt. Well, I, I decided to hunt stand two just in case he comes back through. But at the same time, Jamie, who hunts in, let's call it stand three, has to go kind of through the woods behind me on an angle and walk this trail that goes all the way to his spot, which is way back in the woods. And so when he does that, I get, I literally get in my stand. I'm there. I didn't get my hat on. I look up and I see this buck coming, same buck from earlier. And I couldn't believe it. And he finally, he comes in and he, he put me at full draw for like over a minute at one point. And then finally he makes a move. I double lung him. He does the death drop. I hear it. I'm not sure it's real because we've had a lot of missed opportunities on this land. I, I, we call it the curse. And, and I go to look for him by myself and I find him and it was, it was a really good experience. And, you know, just knowing that we got it done finally, you know, the angle was right this time. It wasn't overwhelming. Um, but yeah, it was a good time. And then to finish it off, I actually ended up cutting my hand open while I was gutting him. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was that's so the mad. worst. It wasn't too bad, but it was definitely probably could have used stitches because of COVID. I'm like, I called my sister-in-law who was a nurse and, and I was like, what do I do with this? I showed her a video of it. She's like, just use butterflies and da da da, wash it really good. So I did this whole process and, you know, it worked out fine, but it, it sucked, you know, cause I'm sitting there gutting it and I, 
and we use cold steel knives and they're, they're one of our podcast sponsors and they're so sharp and they're a thicker blade. And I came down, like I was working on the butt area and I came down literally right on my freaking pinky finger and I could see inside the glove, like the blood just like filling inside the glove. I'm like, Oh no, you know? So I'm like pulling it off and sure enough, just gushing blood. Oh, and I had to horrible. like put it on my, I put it on my pants, you know, and I'm trying to hold my arm up and I call the guys. I'm like, I need some help. Cause now I'm one handed. I have no idea how bad this cut is. So Tim comes out there in his truck. He just drives back there, which was actually kind of comforting knowing he didn't care and just drove right in. You know, he didn't care about scratching his truck in case that really was, you know. So anyway, he pulled, comes up. I go, you see all this blood on me? It's mine. It's not the tears. Yeah. <laughs> it was like all Man. my clothes. It was crazy. What? One of the worst cuts I ever got, I was uh, I was skinning out a ram head. And... Uh, and the knife slipped off the forehead bone right there where it's just so hard to, to, to cut and, uh, and went into my, 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 my thumb. And I remember I'm fine. Like, you know, I've been through childbirth with my wife and everything. And if it's not happening to me, I'm fine. But when it's my blood, I freak out, dude. Yeah. So I'm trying <laughs> to walk in the house and people are always like, dude, you've had your arms up a, up a deer's chest cavity and, you know, rip, rip the heart out of a deer and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, all this good stuff. But when it's my blood, it's different. So I've cut my thumb and I'm in the middle. I'm like trying to walk into the house and uh, I'm about to like pass out and I'm blacking out and everything. And, and I get in there and my wife's just like, oh my gosh, you pansy. And, you know, tapes <laughs> it up, whatever. And uh, I was like about to pass out and throw up all at once. And uh, but yeah, it, it was one of those that like probably could have used stitches. But um, my wife doesn't like doctor bills, so she's just like, "I've got it. Give me the super glue." And uh, <laughs> but yeah, so it's happened to me before too, man. So you're not alone. Yeah, it sucked, man. That was kind of like, well, I can't believe this. You know, just I just felt like it was like the wrong time, right, to have that issue. I'm like, yeah. come on, you know, COVID. It always around, is the wrong time. It's crazy. I was like, this is crazy. Now, one thing I like to ask my guests, share with me a field note that you've learned over the years. Uh, just a quick, easy tip that I can throw in my back pocket and, uh, and always keep with me uh, to make me a better hunter. doesn't have to be, uh, you know, doesn't have to be crazy. Uh, you know, don't cook bacon in the nude. Uh, something like that. <laughs> um, you know, one of my favorite tips, and, and you mentioned it, and, and I put out a video uh, on one of it. We call these our field notes, and I put out a, a field note video. Um, and that was one of them was the whisker biscuit deal. Always keep an extra whisker biscuit and you know, you can bolt it on and, and go hunting. So, um, what do you got for me, man? Yeah. My biggest tip for any hunter is just the same thing. It's always been, it's just patience and enjoy yourself. I mean, you're not out there to just always kill the biggest deer. It's really about just enjoying yourself, enjoying your time away from everything and just, you know, Becoming one with nature. And then also, you know, another one that's really important is just respect. Not just respect for uh, the game, but try to respect each other as hunters. And that's one thing that's you know, uh, drives me nuts is the hunters who just argue and argue with one another about the size of a deer, your trespassing, blah, blah, blah. I just, it, it just, at some point, you just got to be human and not worry about what, who's right or wrong. It's just got to be about unity of hunting and trying to grow it so my biggest tip is just again really enjoying your life when you're out there enjoying yourself and not worry about everything else try to let go of normal day life that's the whole point of hunting is keep that feeling i think when you get into the business of hunting the business of any business 
you always are trying to think of the next thing to do and what do I need to do? What do I do while I'm out here? What do, so I think it's better if you sometimes let that go. And that's, that's what I was getting at with the camera stuff is years ago, I used to always be like, what do I have to film? What do I have to do? And finally, I'm like, you know what? I don't, if I'm not going to enjoy the hunting, why am I even doing this? So I'm not going to let yeah. go of that. You know, I don't work for anybody. I work for ourselves to create video content, which is fun. But like at the same time, if I'm not just enjoying myself out there, what's the point? So I always said I need more patience and I need to more just enjoy what's happening in front of me instead of just rush, rush, rush all the time. You're absolutely right, man. And that, uh, you know, that that's part of me simpling it down, simplifying everything and just uh, less things to worry about when I'm out there. And, and uh, you know, that goes back to, to quit trying to impress everyone. Quit trying to to make everybody think you're you're so cool with what you do. Um, we put so much pressure on ourselves to shoot a Pope and Young Deer or to shoot an X-World record or to shoot, you know, what we see the guys on TV shooting. And when we do that, it can take away so much joy of the hunt. Uh, and one of my good friends, Jim Willems, um, he, he told me that he said, um, you know, I was, I, I told him and I didn't mean anything by it, but I, I told him it wasn't when I texted him and said I had shot a deer. Uh, I said it wasn't the big buck and, uh, and his response back to me was if you shot it, it was the big buck. And what he meant mm. by that was if I was willing to pull the trigger, then it's a big enough deer. And that's, yeah. that's all that matters. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks of what you shoot. It doesn't matter if it scores over X amount of inches. It doesn't matter if a deer walks in and gets your blood pumping, shoot it. And, and don't let anybody else say anything. Um, that I mean, we put so much pressure that it literally takes away the joy of hunting. And, and listen, my life is so busy and crazy enough that I don't want to. I don't want to muddy up the one thing that I can just escape reality from, and just escape the hustle and bustle of emails and phone calls and and crazy kids running everywhere. And uh, <laughs> I just want to sit there and enjoy it. And if I see a deer, I want to shoot. I'm going to shoot it, and I don't care what you think of it. Yeah, that's that. So I love the tip, man. Um, absolutely a fantastic field note that I believe so many people need to learn because they're, they're, they're losing their joy of hunting and they don't even know why I can tell you why, because you're so concerned with making cool videos or getting cool pictures or shooting the biggest, best deer, just enjoy hunting for what it is. Um, before we go, I do need, need to give a quick thank you to some of our friends over at three rivers archery. They are the one stop shop for anything you need traditional wise. Um, from the bow itself to arrows to quivers to targets, they have everything that you need um, with same-day shipping. I ordered some arrows not too long ago, and two days later, they're on my doorstep. So make sure and check out threeriversarchery.com for all of your traditional needs because they are absolutely fantastic. They're great friends of the show. They're great friends of Bear Archery um and just fantastic guys to deal with and they're absolute experts if you have any questions about traditional archery and i'm making the switch i'm making the transition into shooting a recurve um and i promise you their numbers on speed dial and i call their customer service all the time and say hey quick question what spine arrow what what grain broadhead what and and, and they're fantastic at answering questions so so whether you've got questions or whether you need a shop make sure and keep three rivers archery in mind dave Thank you so much for coming on. Guys, if you do not follow Bowhunter Planet, 
go check them out because they are absolutely fantastic. They're great friends of Bear Archery. They put out some fantastic reviews, unbiased reviews. So make sure and go follow Bowhunter Planet. Dave, thank you so much for coming on, man. Have a great week. Thank you, you too. Appreciate it.